This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices multiple times a week, so be sure to download that Odyssey app. Hit the dot auto download button once you search Pucks and Bolts so that all brand new episodes are just sitting there waiting for you. And usually this is the time where I say games, practices, coaches, all sorts of insight. But guys, it's finally playoffs. We are in postseason. That means the coverage is going to change more episodes, more uh, in-depth content because you have those potential seven game series or maybe sweeps. We have no idea. So download the Odyssey app, search Pucks and Bolts, hit the auto download button. And keep up to date on all of the Stanley Cup playoff excitement. I am your host, Casey Hudson, and it's time for us to dive into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts, an episode I'm very excited about because not only do we have the breakout, but uh, we're going to get into a little bit of an award ceremony. Pucks and Bolts is going to dish out uh, and talk about some players who made an impact this season in many ways. So I cannot wait to get to that. And then we'll touch on a little bit of Toronto action before going all the way in starting next week along with playoffs. So first and foremost, the breakout. In this edition of the breakout, we know that the Bolts wrapped up game 82 and what a journey this season has been. We've got a chance to sit down and talk with guys like Brandon Hagel. Pat Maroon gave us so much insight and so much conversation. Coach Cooper gave us so much insight and information. Uh, Nick Paul, probably one of the most uh, informative guys on the team. So there's just so much to be thankful for after this last 82 game and the guys that just gave so much, the guys that sat and talked with us, we're so thankful to you here at Pucks and Bolts. Last night was fan appreciation night and the Bolts hosted the Detroit Red Wings. We know the Red Wings were kind of a pain in their side all season long, but they ended up closing out the season with a victory, a much needed win and a much needed confident chip on their shoulder. Uh, the Moose was between the pipes last night and produced a 5-0 shutout win for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it was such a special moment because before the game even started, Brian Elliott had his son on the ice with him for the national anthem. And he talked about what that meant to him. And we know the chances of potentially seeing him in a Lightning sweater again next season is probably pretty slim. So it was great for him to close out the regular season with a shutout and to do it with a special moment with his family. As I mentioned, it was fan appreciation night. So, of course, big shout out to you, Bolts Nation, for showing up. This arena continuously was sold out, and that's because you guys love this team so much. And what's not to love about these guys? They're one of the most humble rosters in the league and also one of the most skilled rosters in the league. I will continue to stand by that. And on that note, you've got a night filled with so many accolades. Yes, Braden Point finally reaches goal 50. He becomes the third Bolt to have a 50-goal season. And he didn't leave it at 50 goals last night. He decided to go for one extra and close out with 51 goals on the night. And his 50th goal was pretty smooth, if I do say so myself. We'll be sure to drop that visual down in the comments because I have all of those recordings from last night. And we talk so much about the fact that Braden Point doesn't get talked about enough. He's one of the most humble guys. And just to kind of back that up, when Brian Elliott talked to the media after the game, he said, I think he's probably one of the guys who did it the quietest in the league. And you can't even stand any further away from that being the truth because Braden Point, you barely see these giant celebrations out of him. I think we started to see a couple more sellies this past season because of the work that he put in on the ice. You guys know I thought he was one of the biggest NHL All-Star snubs. So huge congratulations to Braden Point. 
but it doesn't stop there. Then you got Brandon Hagel, who we've talked about so much here on Pucks and Bolts. Brandon Hagel picks up 30 goals, and Coach Cooper was so ready to rave about him after the game. I wanted to know a little bit about Mikey Acemont with Tanner Janot being out, and Coach Cooper took that moment to say, you know, there's a lot of other things basically to talk about being the fact that Brandon Hagel probably picked up his best season of his career, and nobody anticipated him to do that. So 30 goals for Brandon Hagel, one of the pestiest guys on the ice and one of the most skilled players I think we're just seeing the beginning of where his game is going to go and it does not stop there it also goes over to Alex Kalorn who picked up his career high 27th goal last night we've seen Alex Kalorn just come in at those tough moments and, and and pull through for his team but the chemistry that he has with every guy on this team whether it's a younger guy or a veteran Alex Kalorn is kind of that middleman that plug and a huge, huge contributor on this team. So to see him get 27 goals and to top his career high of 26 goals a couple seasons ago, you know that's something fans were very excited about. Um, continuing to move along a little bit here, Mikey A. Simons, you guys have heard me talk about him a lot to see where his development will come with this team and his role uh, in the absence of Tanner Janot. But he did it. He finally picked up his first goal as a bolt last night, seconds before the clock closed out for that third period. And it wasn't just any kind of goal. It was a bit of a snipe at such a beautiful angle. And Coach Cooper, when he did finally answer me about Mike A. Simon said, you know, once they finally get that monkey off their back, once they finally get that first goal, there's a lot to look forward to there because then you can breathe a different level of confidence comes in and AC Mont's going to need that confidence as he steps in and helps this team through playoffs. Uh, you guys have heard me talk about parts of his game that I love a lot. The fact that he can keep the puck on his stick. He's very scrappy. He's not afraid to drop the gloves and he is fast. They had Mikey Acemont and Brandon Hagel on the same line last night. And I'm telling you, you got some dangerous looks from those two pairing up and the pressure that they applied uh, jamming up the net jamming up the crease. They were a bit of a dynamic one-two punch last night, and there was a lot of excitement and kind of hopeful spots in their game, which takes us to the biggest topic of it all right now. Playoffs are finally among us, and the schedule of games one and two got released last night. The Tampa Bay Lightning will face off with the Toronto Maple Leafs starting in Toronto on Tuesday, April 18th. Game one, April 20th on Thursday will be game two. And then we're thinking that obviously the Lightning will return home for Saturday and Monday hosting game three and four. So now that we know the opponent is locked in, now that we know the time and the dates and everything is locked in, the other confirmation we got yesterday from Coach Cooper after morning skate is that obviously Andre Vasilevsky will be between the pipes for game one in Toronto. So a lot to look forward to. And we can't wait to break into all of that with some guests and just some consistent coverage, plugging away at some numbers, checking out Hockey Analytics. Huge shout out to Megan Chaika because she gives great numbers that you're going to want to pay attention to to kind of see which way the ice will tilt when it comes to two teams that match up very evenly. The awards that I was talking about, you can't close out an 82-game season without giving some awards away. And I feel like this season was even more special because we finally got a chance to have 82 games without there being too much commotion, too much game movement and rescheduling. You know, hockey has been so different for the past three years, ever since adjusting from COVID, the bubble, the short 56 game season. Last year, there were still a lot of COVID protocols in place. And now, you know, fans were able to swap jerseys with the players on the ice after the game wrapped up. So a very special season and resurgence these last two 80 games were. And with that said, let's get into some awards. 
first and foremost, when you're talking about any excitement of a season, you've got to talk about the breakout player. Who's this guy that just completely wowed everybody? And this should be no surprise to anyone. The breakout player of the year, 2022 to 2023, is Brandon Hagel. Duh. We can say so many great things about him. I think I mentioned this in the last episode of Pucks and Bolts, how um, one of the one of the one-on-ones that I had with Hagel, he kind of said that he's not the skilled player of the top line. And I beg to differ because everyone has their skill set and their unique ability that contributes to that top line, making them such a ferocious top line or wherever Hagel plays. Cause we've seen coach trust him to play on different lines and still be impactful. Wild thought when he was playing on the third line last year, fresh to the team, obviously we weren't sure what Brandon Hagel was going to do. Now he can play on any line and be a contributor and be productive. And that what make, that's what makes him one of the most special breakout players of the year. Got 30 goals, 34 assists, 64 points, and he sits at a plus 23, which means he was consistently contributing to an offense being driven on the ice every time he was on the ice. So that is award number one going out to Brandon Hagel. Award number two, the best young player on this roster. This was kind of a tough one to go back and forth with, but obviously you can tell, you know who the younger guys are. They're pretty fresh in on the roster. And someone else that we've talked about so much here on Pucks and Bolts, it's got to go to Nick Herbix. Nick Perbix came in as kind of a safety net initially for Zach Bogosian being out. Nobody knew and realized that he was going to be the ultimate surprise. He's had multiple games where, you know, he's sat top of the tally with shots on goal. The way that he anchors at the blue line and helps get a passing sequence going. His ability to exit out of the zone and help his team get in the fight in the, in, in, in the offensive zone is just tremendous. And his calmness his composure his calculation all of this plays a huge role into how he has showed up for this team in such a tremendous way whether it's you know shots on goal hits or helping generate an offense nick perbix has been the ultimate surprise and the best young player on this tampa bay lightning roster in my opinion i hope you guys agree moving along to award number three it's goal of the year and wow i kind of pulled my hair out a little bit on this one because You've got Steven Stamkos, the captain of this team, who has probably had one of the most monumental, memorable milestone seasons of his career. Uh, The team has had to host four different ceremonies for him. Does it get any better than that? Were they able to top it? They actually were. Um, So there's no talking about this without talking about Steven Stamkos. Um, But first and foremost, we're going to talk about Braden Point, one of the most underrated goal scorers in the NHL. And it's the fact that he didn't do it just once or twice, but there's three different games where Braden Point danced through three defensive sweaters to score a goal. He basically just turned it on, looked to his team and said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of this, threw them on his back, went and scored the goal. And then, of course, so humbly, calmly, and just as if nothing spectacular just happened, skates off, high fives, and sits on the bench. It's ridiculous, uh, the fact that he's not like that much more cockier about the things that he does, but... Braden points dancing through three Seattle Kraken defensemen to score a goal on home ice at Amelie arena is probably one of the best goals of the year, at least the best in my book. It'll take the cake as number one. Um, But right there underneath them, maybe almost tied. Of course, I'm not going to forget about the captain that runs the ship of the Tampa Bay lightning. And that's Steven Samkos' 500th goal, the poetic assist by Alex Kalorn. And the fact that, Stammer always gets the these accolades and these milestones on the road. So 
the fact that he's so cool to just know that that's probably what's going to happen. He's, he hardly hits these milestones at home and 500 was one of the road trips that he racked that one up. And then we got to celebrate him when he got back to Amelie arena shortly thereafter. So goal of the year, Braden point dancing through the crack in jerseys to score for his team and slightly tied right there is Steven Stamkos with his 500th goal joining a league of legends where we know that Stamkos is going to be once he hangs his Tampa Bay lightning Jersey. Number four award, best moment of the year. Something else that you kind of go back and forth on because, as I mentioned previously, coming back, getting back into a little bit more of a normal rhythm, there were so many moments, and I think the Tampa Bay Lightning organization did a spectacular job of getting fans involved from the jump. Uh, We've had so many pep rallies, Thunder Alley. There's just uh, the community service the Tampa Bay Lightning does, the community leaders and community heroes There are so many different things to touch on for these moments. So just know we're not shy of thinking of any of them. But when it comes to one of the biggest, best, grandest moments, there's no talking about this season without talking about Pat Maroon responding to body shaming and unnecessary hatred with such grace and such elegance. So it's Pat Maroon's response to the Boston guy, we're not even going to name him, and turning that moment into a moment of empowerment to help other people with mental health who deal with body issues and so many other things. The way the Lightning organization backed him, the way the NHL backed him, and the fact that he raised so much money for a cause grander than just sitting and sulking or maybe beating up on a guy that deserved it. But he took a moment and and handled it in a way that we all can only hope that we can handle tough moments in our lives. Because, you know, a lot of us are never short of them, but you always want to know that you have the chance and the opportunity to handle it with grace, elegance, and what a better way to tell someone to shove it than like this. So Pat Maroon um, raising money for mental health and body shaming and silence and silencing somebody who was doing that this year is the best moment of the year with this organization. Again, one of many. And then last but not least, I went back and forth on this. I begged my producer to just pick one. I was almost to the point of putting names in a hat maybe, and then just seeing where to go from here. It's team MVP award for this season. Um, I think this is probably a great problem to have. How do you pick an MVP of such a talented roster and such a great group of guys? I had to lean in a direction. I've got a couple honorable mentions that I'll bring to the table, but my MVP goes to Alex Kalorn. It's the fact that he is just the consistency behind this team. He's the, he's the guy that can communicate with the young guys. He's got the veteran presence of the older guys and just when you start to count him out is when he turns up the heat and shows you why he belongs in the Tampa Bay Lightning jersey. I know that people try to speculate a couple of days ago, is he going to be the player to go in the offseason? I'm going to stand by the fact that I highly doubt that. But all of that aside, it's the fact that Alex Kalorn has a leadership hat and on this team. He has his own voice and a way of respect with this team. But he also knows when it's time to show up and He always does it in the second half of the season, and then he really kicks things into another gear for playoffs. He's somebody you can rely on. He's somebody who's been pulling this team through tough battles in this 2023 portion of the season. So Alex Kalorn, um, again, career-high 27 goals. He's been that clutch player on the ice, the consistent effort behind this team, and also Tampa Bay's influencer. We're still going to give him that hat. But what made this conversation so hard is the fact that Andre Vasilevsky, 34 wins. 
He was left to hang in a lot of tough games and pulled through for his team. He had one of the best saves this season on the road, trying to keep his team in the fight. Uh, closes out the season with 2.56 goals against, uh, 0.915 save percentage, and picked up four shutouts. Mind you, there's only... I think one or two other goalies in the NHL that accumulated four shutouts this entire season. So that just goes to show you that while we don't talk about Andre Vasilevsky every single game, while we're quick to criticize him in those tough losses, he has been a key asset between the pipes and making sure this Tampa Bay Lightning team, well, finds victories and makes it to playoffs yet again. And then there's no conversation about this team whatsoever without mentioning the name Nikita Kucherov. I know a lot of you guys are like, he probably would have been your only MVP. Um, I just, I'm, I'm leaning towards Alex Kalorn because of everything I said, but Nikita Kucherov, 113 points to close out the season, 83 assists, 30 goals. He's a part of every positive part of the game. He's a part of every crucial offensive moment for this team. Of course, there wouldn't be you know, a playoff season if Nikita Kucherov didn't come and go off with 83 assists. So there's so many reasons why he is obviously in the MVP conversation. And I give him that honorable mention. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, can't wait to see what he does in playoffs and how he continues to dial things up for this team. So those are our five awards for the 2022-2023 season that came to a close last night versus the Detroit Red Wings as Brian Elliott delivered a 5-0 shutout for the guys. So many awards, so many moments, so much memorabilia from this season, but that only carries us across the finish line into the postseason. Quick touch on things to consider before we really dive all the way into all things Toronto Maple Leafs. I've mentioned that this is a pretty even matchup. We know that these teams saw each other a few times this year. And while Tuesday's game was not cute, and I get it, some people were like, hey, they had their B team in. I know what that means, but they had their young guys in. They sat Austin Matthews. They sat Mitch Marner. But those are two guys that they sat. Their captain was still on the ice. There were still significant guys out there. William Nylander. I can go on forever. It was a crap game to watch. It was a weird game. And I don't think it spoke to anything that we're going to see in the playoffs. I think that both teams were strategizing on how to get a feel for one another. And I think to some degree they both did. However, they needed to use that. I think Toronto kind of wanted to hide their cards of the team that they now are with their, you know, their trade deadline guys. And I think the Tampa Bay Lightning were trying to get a feel and kind of let their their lead guys get a feel for what to expect when it comes to the matchup with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But who knows? Speculation is speculation until the puck drops on Tuesday, April 18th and the game really gets going. So things to consider is the fact that we know the Tampa Bay Lightning had some issues managing odd man rushes. If they did end up getting served a big old L at the end of the game, it's because odd man rushes were in complete control and they weren't able to manage, which starts with the face-off circle, their success there. Their success in the face-off circle this season actually sits at a little over 56%. So they have found more success in the face-off circle majority of the games this season than less than not. Uh, Toronto is pretty good in the face-off circle as well, showing their skill uh, on Tuesday in that matchup. But when it comes to face-offs, the other thing that leads to on-man rushes are turnovers and crucial, crucial pivotal moments or placement on the ice. So as for things to consider, 
turnovers will have to completely, completely come down for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Faceoffs will have to remain consistent. When it comes to the Toronto team that averages 5.67 on-man rushes per game and converts an average of 3.0 goals off the rush, that can be an advantage for the Toronto Maple Leafs if the Bolts hand them that opportunity, that key. So we know that this team is going to obviously break down film and, and, and reel in that opportunity to hand this team the game. But a big thing is making sure that odd man rushes are in their favor and not working against them. The second thing for us to consider before this matchup coming up in the next week is that the Bolts, when they come in a little lower on goals than expected versus teams, a lot of us get freaked out. And yes, they do come in lower versus the Maple Leafs for expected goals per game. Something majorly to consider here, though, is that a lot of the wins that the Bolts have accumulated this season, they've actually been outshot by their opponent but they have averaged higher in their high danger shot chances versus the teams and been able to pull off W's. So a lot of wins that the team has this year, they probably were outshot like 46 goals to 38 maybe, kind of consistently in that ballpark, but always rack up their high danger chances in the second period and for sure in the third period. Great example is that last night they were outshot by Detroit. In the first period alone, I think it was like 13 to 3 or yeah, 12 to 3 or 13 to 3. And then same thing in the second period. Detroit completely took over with shots on goal, but they had five shots, five high danger shots in comparison to the Red Wings, like two high danger shots. And then they also had six high danger shots in the third period. And then Detroit, I think, only closed out with two yet again. And that's a pattern that you see in a lot of the matchups and wins that the Bolts had had throughout the season. So I'm just saying don't hit the panic button when it comes to the expected goals comparison to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then we're going to keep it simple because, like I mentioned, we want to go into more depth with some guests and also have other things to touch on before the puck drops on Tuesday. We're going to tap into some underrated players that are going to hit that playoff gear. Anthony Sorelli probably doesn't get anywhere near enough conversation around his name. Also taking into account the fact that Sorelli was out for the beginning portion of the season. I think he made his comeback in December as they expected. And since he touched the ice from injury, he has made an impact on nearly every single play. Um, his first game back picks up a point and it's just been consistent from there on out. It's not only because of his forechecking ability, but it's his grit. It's the fact that he is just involved in every single play. He is a pest against the boards and then some. Anthony Sorelli has shown us that he has a different dial when it comes to that playoff run, and I'm counting on it yet again. Alex Kalorn, I've already said plenty about. He's been that clutch guy who always picks things up towards the end of the season and then has his stellar playoff run. I'm counting on it yet again. And a new addition to the team, Darren Radish. He picked up his first NHL goal and point officially on the road. And it's not even the fact that he picked up the point. It's not even the fact that he picked up the goal. It's his composure back there. It's what he, what he has contributed to this team. He also has a nice physical element to his game. But all of that skill set and those awards that he was picking up in the AHL, also one of the top guys in the AHL, he's starting to translate into his game at this pace, at this level. And he's doing so quicker than I think I even was ready to give him credit for. So we're just going to, as long as he's continuing to build off of his game, game by game, which he has done, I think this is somebody that will be a nice surprise in playoffs and somebody that, you know, other teams can't really game plan on because they haven't seen that much of him. They saw a little bit of him on Tuesday, but I think he's going to have a lot more in the tank. 
Uh, Brandon Hagel having the season of his career for starters. And when they played Toronto last year, he wasn't a key contributor. He wasn't even really that much involved. Toronto is going to be very surprised to see what Brandon Hagel has in stock versus this team come playoffs. And then Mikey Asimov. We know that Tanner Janot is out with the injury. He's already been confirmed not to play in game one. I would even go as far as to say that he won't be a part of game two either. And in that time, Acemon has been able to finally get some more NHL reps with this team. Now, the couple games that he's played with the Lightning with Janot being out, we saw some great movement out of him versus the Senators closing out the road trip last weekend, even though they took a huge L there. And then he finally picks up his first goal as a bolt, a beautiful goal. And I think it was Ross Colton on the assist. The bigger difference maker there is that he came off that fourth line where Janot was finding success and he bumped up to the third line and is being paired with guys like Brandon Hagel. Brandon Hagel and him could be such a dynamic one-two punch if they continue to practice together and remain on that line. All that to say that his scrappiness, his vision with the puck, and his ability and speed, it's his speed that's just going to be so insane. That's something that Toronto is not ready for. This has been a skilled team that has its, its speedsters. You know, we used to have Tyler Johnson and some other guys. But the physical element, along with the skill, and then along with the speedsters, this is something that's going to be a new weigh-in versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they're going to have to make some adjustments, too. And then, last but not least, underrated players. This might not be the most favorable touch, but something that I've noticed in the past couple of games is uh, Hayden Fleury. Obviously, they put him up on a forward line, playing on the fourth line when Tanner Janot initially went out. It's not like he scored goals or anything, but he actually had a good shot on goal percentage, number one. And number two, his ability to track back and get into defensive mode was still pretty stellar. I wasn't expecting that either. So what I saw out of Flurry was a lot of versatility to where if they need to throw out anything weird, if they need to shake things up, if they need to restructure, they can use Flurry as, as a point for that. And they're going to have to get kind of creative versus the Toronto Maple Leaf teams with how they stack statistically versus one another. And I think that he could be an asset in that sense. He had a great game last night versus the Detroit uh, Red Wings. And I think he's just somebody who's a little slower to develop in a new system. I like what he was doing with the Seattle Kraken before the Tampa Bay Lightning acquired him. And I'm just saying, don't count him out. He's played about 29 games with the Lightning. And I think he's that guy that when he gets more games, more, more time, you're going to see a different style of player. So those are things to consider just touching on this matchup of Tampa Bay heading to Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. I, I think this has got to be a rivalry just as big as the Florida Panthers versus the Tampa Bay Lightning at this point. I'm going to call it even. I won't get too crazy here, but the excitement is there. The postseason is officially here. The guys hit the ice for practice tomorrow at 11 at the TGX Plex. I'll be heading over there to see if we can talk to some players and see if they have superstitions heading into playoffs or what their routine and their rituals are. And before we go... A huge shout out to Mikhail Sergachev. Sergey just had his first baby with his wife and um, I, he played last night and we saw him kind of dodge out of the locker room. And now we know why, because that child probably came within like hours of the game ending last night. And he posted a beautiful picture with his baby son this morning. So we know that he isn't getting much sleep, but maybe baby Sergey will be great luck for the Bolts heading into the playoffs, taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Once again, guys, for all coverage of the postseason Stanley Cup final playoffs and then some and hopefully some one-on-one -on -one with the players in between before they really start locking things down, download the Odyssey app, search Pucks and Bolts, hit that auto-download button, have those brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you because I cannot wait to head into my 
first NHL playoffs with full coverage here at Odyssey on Pucks and Bolts. Until then, I'm Casey Hudson, and thank you so much for joining me here on Pucks and Bolts. We'll catch you guys next time. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.